0: Welcome to the Whitefields Community Church Podcast. For more information about our church, including location and service times, visit us online at whitefieldschurch.com. If you are blessed by this message, please consider sharing it with others and leaving a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. It's my great pleasure to introduce you to our guest speaker today. His name is Pastor Wayne Taylor. And Wayne is the pastor from Seattle, Washington, Calvary Fellowship. He pastored there for 42 years. He's the founding pastor and just recently handed it over. And out of his church have been planted 55 churches. Half of those are abroad. And Pastor Wayne was here on Wednesday talking to us about his church's work with missions and things like that. Yesterday he was here and taught our men's fellowship. Uh, men's breakfast so it's a great pleasure to have Pastor Wayne share the word with us today so come on down. Hey guys it's great being here I've been here all week long with Nick and Rosemary and they are a sweet family those guys you guys are blessed Yeah, we've been having a lot of fun going up to Estes Park and um, Boulder Colorado and Richie Ferre even called me on the phone so that was, that was exciting. Anyway, um, we've been having a great time just, you know, meeting people and, and just enjoying God's love. You know, His mercies are new every single morning. Every single morning. He never wakes up on the bad side of the bed. You know, like they say of humans. I got up on the wrong side of the bed. Whatever that means, I don't know. But God's always filled his, his mercies are new. His loving kindness, it's there every morning. We're going to um, start off at a key scripture for our lives. You could say it's, it's God's plan for your life. It's Ephesians 2.10. If you want to turn to that, it's right following two of the most famous scriptures regarding our salvation. So, and we're going to cover a lot of verses about this topic, which is interesting, and I'll explain it. It's God's poems at work. God's poems at work. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this congregation. They're a city set on a hill, and they're a bright light in Longmont, in this region, Greater Denver. Thank you so much, God, that you have created some beautiful lights here in this region. And we pray that you keep pouring out your spirit and show yourself. And Lord, really strengthen Nick and the other pastors who are going to the pastor's conference this coming week. May they be blessed and lifted up and may you continue the wonderful work through the Calvaries, worldwide, Lord. We just thank you for your, your gracious love. And now, Lord, speak to us, we pray, right from your word, through your spirit, Lord, because we cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's turn to Ephesians 2.10. So it says in Ephesians 2.10, well, let's, let's start at verse eight. By grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's not of works lest anyone should boast. And then verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus four good works which God has prepared beforehand for us to live in day by day. Isn't that an incredible verse? That he has our life planned out and every day he wants it to unfold with things that he's prepared for us? That's amazing. Now, we're his workmanship. The Greek word is poema. And we get in English the word poem, poem. It's a work of art, right? How many of you like poetry? Anyone? Anyone here like poetry? Yeah, cool. I'm not you know, super into it, but I enjoy it. In fact, one of your guys at the men's group, he showed me some of his poems, and I was so blessed by his poetry. It was fantastic. I'm not going to reveal him right now, but it was just amazing. He had some funny ones. Now, I like poetry. My favorite poet is Robert Frost. Have you ever heard of him? You know that poem um, that says, the road less traveled? The road less traveled. Two, two uh, roads. Um, man, I better <laughs> read it. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And I, I took the road less traveled by. And it is made all the difference. You know, I I like that poem because Jesus talked about two ways. And he talked about the road less traveled, the narrow road that leads to life. He said, I'm the life. So that narrow road are those people that have their eyes on him and are following him, trusting in him. But few are those who find it. He said, but the broad way that leads to destruction that he wants to save them from, many are those who find it. So part of what the Lord wants to do in us here is he wants to stir up our heart for people. I hate to say it so directly, but people are going to hell and he doesn't want them to. God gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It doesn't have to be that way. And aren't you glad that he put you on the path towards him? It's so good. Now, I'm not a very good poet, but I like to write a certain kind of poem that it's kind of for silly people. Limericks. Have you ever heard of those? limericks. I wrote a poem for your pastor, Pastor Nick. I wrote a little poem for him. It goes, I once met a pastor named Nick. When he speaks, you don't feel it's a trick. He preaches real truth, but it's never uncouth. And God's love hits your heart like a brick. Is that right? I mean, did I get that right? Yeah. Now, as you can see, I'm not very gifted at poetry. (laughs) You know, it's, it's minimal. But God is infinite in his power, grace, and wisdom to create you. So think of that verse again. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. You see, our forefathers messed up. We were created perfect. It was incredible. God said it was very good. But he said, don't eat of the forbidden fruit, which was not an apple. You know, we, we make apples up there in Washington. And you can eat as many as you want. You have to watch the apples on the computer, though. But anyway... Okay, so you can eat that. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He wanted them to know good, to live good, to walk with him, to know him, that that would be the main thing. But they ate the forbidden fruit. You know, it was the only tree he said, don't eat of that. And there were tons of other trees. Great fruit trees and the tree of life. I think I'll try the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent tempted Eve. And so we fell. And the Imago day, the image of God was tainted. And it's hard to see. Except in those that God is recreating His image in. Through Jesus. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. There's an interesting uh, fact that This word um, poema is used only twice in the New Testament. And one of the places is in Romans 1 where it talks about the creation reflecting God. It says over there that God's attributes, his eternal power and divine nature are clearly seen by what has been made. In other words, creation is actually a testimony of how real God is. You know, that's one of the apologetics of how we know there's a God. We look at creation and the part that hasn't been tainted. You're like, that couldn't have just happened. This is the power and the wisdom and the glory of God. But in terms of man, there was a fall and the whole creation groans And suffers the pains of childbirth. Until the Lord returns, it tells us. But the new creation that he's making. Now when you come to Jesus. And you believe he died on the cross for your sins. And you receive him. A new creation begins. Like Jesus told Nicodemus. You must be born again. To as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God. So there's this recreation created in Christ Jesus for good works. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. And the old things are passing away. Behold, new things are coming. We're gonna talk about that. What are these new things? Now, the thing that we can be confident of is that if he's begun that good work in you, if you've begun to trust in Jesus, he's gonna complete the work that he's begun. In Philippians, just a couple pages over, it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it. Now, the word for work there, ergon means work as a job. Do you know that you're the Lord's job? One of his occupations is doing a work in you. I love that. Now you might think, well, you know, I'm just little old me. I mean, isn't he kind of busy taking care of the universe? He is, but he is especially attuned to his son Jesus, whom Jesus said, I am the vine and you're the branches of my, vine- my vineyard. You're part of my grape tree or grape vine, right? I'm producing fruit that shows my character, my love. Grapes, your life. God wants grapes. <laughs> By this is the father glorified that we produce much fruit. How does that fruit come? Abiding in Jesus, Right? Staying close to Jesus. And he's the one that's begun that work. He's drawing you to him and he wants you to press in and really let him fill you more and more because he's got good things that he wants you to do. You know, there's an interesting little verse. I love little verses that just pop out sometimes. Acts ten thirty eight. it says that Jesus went about doing good. And you know, that describes his whole life. What's Jesus up to? Going about and doing good. Now we're about just going about. What are you doing today? I don't know, nothing much, just going around. Just laying back, you know. Well, that's fine. We need that at times. And we need to do a lot of the things that we have planned. But in all of our plans, he has a plan. And what he's wanting to do at your job, in your neighborhood, Perhaps at school, or just going about, maybe going out and having fun, maybe playing a ball game, maybe whatever, going to the park. He's got divine appointments. Now, this is the adventure of following Jesus, and our heavenly Father's the vine dresser. I love what Galileo said. He said the most profound thing. He's one of the great scientists in the past. He said this about the sun, S-U-N. He said the sun, with all those planets revolving around it and totally depending upon it, can still ripen a little bunch of grapes as if it had nothing better in the universe to do. And so here's our God. And yeah, he's taking care of the universe, he's got his eyes on you. When he spoke of the things that really mattered in Revelation, the things which are, he said, that's a weird phrase. Write down the things that you've seen and the things which are, and the things which will take place after these things, the things which are the churches, his people. He's not near as concerned about the United Nations as he is this church. And these believers, these children, you know, I got 11 grandchildren. If they call me, I mean, I'm kind of getting to like you guys, but I'm gonna go for my grandkids, right? They're like, and God is like that with his children and he doesn't have any grandchildren. (laughs) You must be born again. You can't do it through your parents. You must personally trust the Lord. Now, your parents can help you or grandparents, right? How many of your grandparents? Raise your hand. Love you guys. We're geezers. (laughs) And God is not finished with us. Amen? So God is doing a work. Now, the thing about the Lord is when he begins a work, he completes it. He who began a good work in you will complete it. How many of you have started projects Like, years ago, and they're still not finished. Anyone? Yeah, me too. I have one project my wife wanted me to do. Backyard landscaping. I know now that it won't be finished till the millennial kingdom of Christ. (laughs) I just don't have time, you know what I mean? And yet, the Lord never overlooks the works that he's begun. And he never forgets what he started. And he never forgets you. Listen to this verse. I just love this verse. You might want to write it down. Isaiah 49, 15. Can a mother forget her nursing child? She may forget. But I, the Lord, will not forget you. I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Those nails that are still visible. The Bible says in Revelation 5 a lamb as if slaughtered on the throne next to the Father. Incredible. The nail prints, hands and feet, spear, thorns. And yet the glorified Jesus is unspeakably glorious yet there's this other part that is why we get to go to heaven and why we can even experience a little bit of heaven on earth and we in prayer and staying close to the Lord which is just a matter of thinking about him and saying Lord what do you have for me wow He has that kind of life he wants to give to us. Now, if you see that God has begun that work, you can rejoice because it's going to be complete. Because you see, beloved, we are now through faith and receiving Jesus, the children of God. But it has not yet appeared what we shall be. But when he shall appear, come for us to take us home, we'll be like him. It's all about the likeness of Jesus. That's what we're talking about. It's that likeness coming through or have you slowed up on that and not letting him put finishing touches on things. He's not done. He's not done. When he comes, we'll be like him. Now in the meantime, The Bible says in Philippians 2.13, God is a work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. But the Lord wants to help us reflect Jesus. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? Now, when the Lord is doing a work, when you're doing a work, say you're doing a, a remodel. It starts with demo, right? You have to tear down the old thing that's not, it's not beautiful anymore, or it's not useful anymore. It's not working anymore. It's got to go. And what does that create? A mess. A lot of times the work, and I'm talking about today. I'm 71 years old. There's still messes that he has to tear down and start a new thing. Because some of those attitudes I've had, you know, some of those things that I've used as coping mechanisms since I was a kid still pop up and they're selfish and they've got to go. So he's faithful and he's working and you feel like you're a mess and you don't want to go to church. But a lot of you came anyway. Thank you. Because you really need to come. And don't feel bad if it's a mess, really. Because it means he's at work and he will not leave it a mess. He's gonna sweep all that out, dispose of it, and a whole new thing is gonna come. You know, it's a little bit like road construction. You know, sometimes you're driving, and you guys have quite a bit of construction going on. You know, and there's a mess along the road, and there's all these signs and the, beware, construction, you know, and they've got big machines doing stuff. And it's dangerous. I feel like putting a sign on myself saying, beware, God at work. Things are falling apart. But be confident. He's not gonna leave it like that. And always remember, press in more when that's happening, not less, and don't forsake assembling. And by the way, those that only watch online, come back, would you? Because we need to gather. We need to interact. We've heard so much about social distancing. We, we need to start thinking about social closeness again. I know we need to do it safely. I get all that. Believe me, I think that's fine. But we also need each other because iron sharpens iron. Now, he works in you to want to do his way. I was telling the people on, on Wednesday night at the missions class that I was an angry young man raised by a raging alcoholic. But I wasn't aware I was angry. I just thought I was competitive, (laughs) because I never liked to lose. And it would come out then, but mostly not. That's what I thought, until I got married. And then I saw myself in the mirror. And Kathy said, why are you so mad? I'm not mad. And finally, she convinced me, you need to pray about that. And the Lord showed me, you're really angry. And you can't blame your daddy Oh, It's you standing in the need of prayer. But there are things that need to be faced. And you need to let go and let me take care of you. Let me work in you. And God has been faithful you guys. I can't even believe how nice I am now. You know, the Lord has just like changed things and I now I just shut up a lot more. Not as much as I need to, but God is faithful that way. So he works in you to want to go his way and then he works in you to be able to do it. To will and to do. So he tells us in the previous verse, that's Philippians 2.13. He tells us in Philippians 2.12, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, with awesome respect and reverence towards God. You know, the boundaries that keep us in a good way. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's such a good thing. Even when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't need to be afraid because he's with us. That's what it says. That scripture is becoming more and more dear to me. I mean, I'm super healthy as an older person, but I'm kind of getting excited about heaven. And there's a natural fear of death, but we don't have to be afraid. So listen, there's tests regularly to trust Jesus. You could say those are quizzes. And then there's the final exam. Are you going to trust him all the way? You know, when I'm on my deathbed, I want to tell my grandkids and my kids, don't don't cry. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to see Jesus face to face. I'm excited. I'll meet you there. Keep going that way. Keep following him because he is bringing you along. So it says work out. Work out your own salvation with Fear and trembling. Work it out. What does it mean to work it out? It doesn't mean to work for it. You can't work for it. We already, by grace are you saved through faith and not not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, thus anyone should boast, right? You can't work for it, but you can work it out of yourself. Bring it out is what that word means. You can't work on it to perfect your salvation. Like, Salvation's great, but we need to really get it, get it better, you know, and, and no, it's perfect. Salvation is perfect like the Mona Lisa. You know, what if you went into the museum housing the Mona Lisa with a little paintbrush and some paint by colors and said, you know, I love the Mona Lisa, but could I work on it a little bit? Her jowls are a little strange. People would kick you out of there. It's already a masterpiece. Your salvation is a masterpiece. Are you receiving the love? We're able to love others because he first loves us. And love is like an echo. It returns what it receives. That's what Thomas Manton said. What do you think about all day long? All those worries, all those annoyances, maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's lust, maybe it's greed. Maybe like with me, it was anger. The Lord can take those things and instead of having that rumbling around and echoing out We can have his love thinking about Jesus and how amazingly good he is. And that's what will come out of my life. You know, when you receive Jesus, you get a gold mine. In him are hidden all the great treasures of wisdom, knowledge, righteousness, um, patience, kindness, meekness, temperance, self-control, faith, whatever you need. We can just draw it out, but we have to receive the love every day. It's not like I'm going to go today and just veg. I'm just going to think about how mad I am today. We get caught up in these things, you see. But this gold mine, if you owned a gold mine, and it was, I mean, a real legit gold mine, it wouldn't be enough to just have a little certificate. I own this gold mine. No, I'd want to go down there and get some gold nuggets. I'd want to dig that. I'd put one of those caps on with a flashlight, have a hammer and chisel, and go. Come on, let's go down. You know, we need to press in. Christianity's not a hobby. It's our life. It's not religion. It's a relationship, and it's the most important. It's the first and greatest loving God, knowing God, receiving. Are you receiving? Then you will be able to give. You know, God prepares. Listen to this. Coming back to our main verse. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Which God prepares. Now listen to this. You've, you've not thought enough about this. And I'm talking to myself. And I think about it a lot. Which he has prepared beforehand for us to walk in. You know, I love that scene or that part of the book, The Hobbit, where Gandalf comes to Bilbo. He comes to the Shire and he says, I've got an adventure And I need some people to help me. Bilbo, you're a prime candidate. Bilbo goes, what's the adventure? Helping the dwarfs get their hidden treasure under the mountain that's guarded by a dragon. No. No, I'm not going to do that. Number one, I can't stand dwarfs. Those guys, they're breaking things, eating all my food. These guys... Excuse the word, suck. I don't want anything to do with them. But Gandalf goes, No, 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 no. You're gonna be the thief to make the thing come about and it's gonna be amazing. You're gonna love it. No. And in the course of things, he fainted and he woke up the next morning and they had given him a contract to go on this adventure and he had said no. And all of a sudden he realized, I've been living a boring life. And I really do want an adventure. You're too old to retire from Christianity. You're too young to retire from serving Jesus. I don't care where we are in the stage of our life. This is prime time. It's right now. He's the I am, not the I was or I will be, he's it. And we have the opportunity. There's certain people, there's certain places where you're the one, you're the one. You know, sometimes I have people call me and say, Pastor Wayne, would you come and do this or this or this to witness to my friend or to do that? And you know, I really want to, but I can't work it out because there it's way over somewhere and I can't get there. And then I, It dawns on me. No, God wants you to do that. He wants you to do that. Now, if I can get there and be of help, I will. I will. But you, you're one of his prime ministry people. And he loves you. And we must work his works while it's day, night is coming when no one can work. We might think, I've been working hard for the Lord. You know, even when I went on vacations with family, and I was lounging in the pool or around the pool, the Lord always gave me someone to talk to. And I'm on vacation. You know, and here's a guy, they're just lounging around, drinking, getting a little lubed, but then God opens the door and they want to talk to me. Hey, what have you been doing with your life? So I'm able to talk to them, share about the Lord. Or maybe they're telling me their woes. And God speaks to me and he says, say, can I pray for you? Because that's, that's really bad. And I, I'd like to pray with you about that. And you know that every time people say yes, sure. Please pray. You want to know how to witness? I was telling this to the mission class. Anyone who ever tells you a need they have in their life, and people will do this every day. They'll, they'll complain about something or tell them some sadness or some you know, crisis or trial or difficulty. All you have to say is, can we stop for a minute and just pray for that? I, I almost guarantee, I can't say every single time, but for me, it's, I think there's only once that a person has ever said no. People go, okay, sure. Somehow they respect prayer. It's interesting. And so you can pray and, and it blows your mind. That's just one little thing that we could do. Keeping our eyes open. The Lord is working and you're his workman. I'm his workman. One day I remember complaining not long ago. I was moaning about how long and hard I've been working for the Lord. Now, my wife, she's created like an aviary in our backyard. So all these birds are there. So we have bird books. She just loves birds. Okay, hummingbirds, I was telling the people. They fly by our head all the time. And they're so cute. But one got mad and tried to poke me once. They got those, you know, needle beard, or I mean beaks. So it's, <laughs> anyway, I was reading this book in our house about birds, and there's these little birds called thrushes. Do you have those here? Thrush, little thrush bird. <clears throat> okay, I was reading about thrushes. These guys, the parents of little thrush birdies, they get up every day at 2.30 in the morning And they go out and start gathering food for their little thrush kids. You know how many times they feed them in one day? By the way, they're out until 9.30 the next night. 19 straight hours. They feed their little birds 206 times. Moms, rejoice. (laughs) You thought three was bad, or actually five or six. But these little guys, they're doing all this stuff and they're working hard 19 hours, and then they come back and get five hours of sleep. And then somehow the alarm goes off, and whee, you know, we're gonna go out and get our birdie food again. And I felt like the Lord was speaking to me and saying, quit complaining, would you? Just be, be aware. I want to keep using you because time is short. And time is getting short for me or maybe not maybe we're all going to go in a short period of time either way we know his coming is nearer than it's ever been but this life is short no matter how you count it compared to eternity when we stand before the Lord it's so great he's going to say well done or he's going to say I didn't know you now, you who trust Jesus, He does know you. And His Spirit is in you. And He's doing a work. And you know what I love about the Holy Spirit? He can use difficulties and turn it for good. Do you know anyone in your life who can cause all things to work together for good? to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You're called according to his purpose. And his purpose is he has these good works each day that he prepares beforehand that he sets up. This is what I want us to pay attention to today and tomorrow. I hope this sticks in your brain. He's prepared these things. And I've missed some. And when I get to heaven, I'm not going to go, you know, I wish I would have done less for Jesus. I wish I would have been more selfish and I wouldn't have helped my neighbor so much or been so kind to that guy at work who's such a jerk. I wish I would have reamed him even more. No, I'm going to be like, why didn't I just help that guy see that God loves him? Even though he annoys me, couldn't God help me? One time there was this guy, seriously, he totally annoyed me. I went into the bathroom just to get away from him. And I prayed, God, get that guy off my back. And you know, the Lord spoke right back to me and said, I want you to to love that guy because I love him. I go, whoa. I said, how can I do that? I want to give you the love. Okay. And he did. And it led to that guy's redemption. Shock. I was shocked. The Lord loves people, and He wants to love them through us. And He uses trials. That annoyance helped me see a flaw in my character. And tribulation produced perseverance with that guy. Romans 5, 3. And I rejoiced, okay, I'm I'm learning to trust Jesus. And that perseverance led to more character in me. And that character led to hope. God's still working in me and through me. And hope did not disappoint because the love of God would flooded my heart and touch that guy. This is the Holy Spirit. This is what you guys have been studying for the last how many weeks? And the Holy Spirit pours out the love of God. Romans 5, 5. It's a process that begins with annoying people or an annoying pandemic. Trusting God more and actually being even more effective to let Jesus shine out. Let's pray. Thank you so much, Lord. We cannot thank you enough because you've begun a work and you promise to complete it. And Lord, there are some messes in our life because I for one still have these failings, these flaws but God, you're still working and you're not gonna stop until it's done, thank you. And right now for each of us, if you're here and there's some areas maybe even were mentioned, perhaps patience with people, perhaps temper is an issue with you like it has been for me. Maybe lust, maybe jealousy, maybe bitterness, maybe just kind of being sour when God wants to give you joy so that people can see that following Jesus is a blessing. Anyway, there's areas that you would really like prayer for and open your heart to this kind of a very close relationship with Jesus that's transforming. If you have some of those things, I invite you. I ask you, would you stand to your feet while our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, stand to your feet and say, yeah, I wanna pray with you. Any of you, whether believer or a new believer or a non-believer who wants this, you want to know God and experience him in that adventure that he has for you. But yet there's these messes in the way that need to be removed because there's a new work he's doing. Would you stand and say, yes, Lord, take this. I surrender it over to you. I repent. I want to give it to you. Anyone has this? Anyone want prayer for this? I'm standing. You want to? You want to follow? You want him to do that deep work? Bring you deeper? Do you want to go down into that gold mine and get the fullness of the gems of rich blessing that he wants to give to you. Stand up. Let's pray. Lord, I want to give this over to you. Thank you, God. Let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for my friends here. Thank you, Lord, that through you, we have a mutually shared love that you have given us from God back to you, and out to our neighbor. You said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. We're not always doing that. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. I'm not doing that sometimes. So Lord, please, work in us, Lord. We, we give over these things that have distracted us, that have enslaved us, that perhaps have caused us to really be apathetic about your plan. But there are people in this room, probably the majority, that really want all that you have. And so Lord, we lay these things before you, and we ask you, work in us to will and do of your good pleasure, and fill us this morning afresh with the Holy Spirit. Let's all stand, and let's sing, and Pastor Nick is going to lead us in communion and his body and blood given for us. He wants to fill us afresh. You have been listening to a message from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. For more information and audio content, visit us at whitefieldschurch.com. Make sure to tap the subscribe button if you would like to have new messages delivered to your device every week when they are released. If you have been blessed by this message and would like to support our ministry, you can do so by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or by giving a donation to our church on our website at whitefieldschurch.com.